illustrated edition of Strong Style. That is Impact Media's weekly foray into the world of combat sports, more specifically MMA and pro wrestling. We occasionally get into boxing and some other things, but those are our main two focuses. I am your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. So much to talk about. So many great things. Obviously, we are going to talk um, about some big returns. There was even another one Monday night that we will talk about on next week's show. Uh, it seems like a lot of the wrongs, so to say, or the errors made with Triple H gone, seems like he's coming back and he is writing a lot of those, writing a lot of the wrongs. And uh, I think he's doing a pretty good job. He's, he's uh, bringing back those people and ideas that I really like. Uh, I'm also going to explain what a Mance Warner is and why you guys are so upset about it. You don't need to be. You if you got to step back sometimes and see it from the outside in. And you, you, a Mance Warner is a Mance Warner. As a James Ellsworth, as a uh, uh, Zach Gowan, as a we'll get into that. But first, before we even get into any kind of MMA talk, because that is exactly where we're going to start. Two, two events last weekend, three coming up this weekend. I could do an hour on MMA. Trust me, I am not going to. But before all that, if you uh, it you could you should be able to find this show and all of our other ones anywhere you find a podcast. If you get a podcast somewhere that we are not, let us know. We would happily like to be there as well. Uh, make sure to give us a question, comment, suggestion, rating, review, any of and all of the above. If uh, you want to find us on Facebook, you can look up everything from Impact Media to Strong Style, That Sports Show, Board Check, Jeremy York, any of that should find any of us. FreeEndZone at gmail.com if you have any show-related emails. And yes, as a lot of you guys have, have found out, I do answer all the emails. That is me who answers the emails. Also, if you would like to find uh, us uh, just the show clip uh, just the show uh, links and such you can go to Twitter at team impact media or at the impact 99 at Twitter Triller Instagram or TikTok. you will find us we're gonna be putting some content up very very shortly very soon with some of that some uh, small clips and things like that um, and uh, if you have a CS at an event uh, it'll be a minute before we're at another event. Uh, probably our next, honestly, our next event is probably college football. So, But uh, if you see us out about, say hey. Love to chat. Love to say hello, as we have ran into some of you guys as well. But, but, I guess now, as I said, let's get in to... UFC Fight Night, Santos versus Hill. Let's start there. I'm going to talk about the main card and then a couple little, as I usually do, and then we will talk about uh, some of the other. We'll talk about some of the other. Uh, news and notes, kind of the moments I think you should know about or that I like. Tiago uh, Santos. Versus Jamal Hill. This was this was a fun fight. Let's call it what it is. This was a fun fight. 
It was supposed to go five rounds. Obviously, it did not. Uh, I, I thought it had the potential to. Thiago Santos can easily go five rounds, and Jamal Hill is uh, a good enough contender to where he could have as well. Um, it seemed like Hill had the advantage for, I would say, at least two and a half, if not three, of, uh, of the four rounds. And obviously, he had the big advantage in the fourth round because it got stopped because of the TKO. Jamal Hill, he's definitely going to be a threat moving forward in the light heavyweight division, but Tiago Santos, it's not like he's really going away either. He still had a lot left. You know, this is not one of those, well, he's uh, he's not going to be like a couple of the other guys I'm going to name here, or one of the guys I'm going to name later that uh, he has time to go. But good for Jamal Hill. I thought it was a good, you know, to, when you get these fight nights, a lot of times you, you get non-title matches and, and or you get... There's no title on the line, no no more contendership. Most time it's just big, big matchups, and that's what this was. And I think it lived up to the bill of being the main event. It's hard to live up to that because there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of media, your your face is on the poster, and I felt like Tiago and Jamal did a good job of that. Uh, co-main event: Vincente Luque versus Jeff Neal. Two minutes. Into round number three, Jeff Neal gets the TKO of Vincente Luque. Here is a fun fact. Unless I am mistaken, this is the first time ever in his now 31 fights. First time in 31 fights that Vincente Luque was TKO'd or KO'd. First time ever that it was stopped like that. So great for Jeff Neal. Uh, he... These two were trading back and forth. I, I thought Luque had the advantage. And then Jeff Neal just unleashes just a smash and game over. Uh, good win. Good welterweight matchup. Uh, fight number three. I'm going down the card. Remember? Muhammad Usman taking on Zach uh, Pauga. I think Pauga is how you say his name. Uh these two, for heavyweights, man, they were throwing they were throwing some hammers. They're throwing those cinder block hands, and uh, I thought Poga had the advantage in round number one. I, I thought it was really close. It seemed like uh, he was, you know, this was this is the Ultimate Fighter finale. Uh, we'll talk about the the women's one in a minute. Uh, I, Muhammad Usman to be the brother, the I guess the older brother. Of uh, of uh, of other Usman, you know, there's a lot to live up to, and I felt like maybe he, he was rushing into round number one a little bit. Uh, they traded a little bit towards the end, and he was able to get the advantage there. And then 36 seconds into round number two, he catches Pauga with uh, kind of a short hook, kind of a jab hook, and Hoga was down for a while. It was a little scary. I I, I usually I, I don't like seeing those. But he was able to get up. Uh, he did go to a facility to get checked out, and he did check out okay and was released later on. Uh, but uh, man, Muhammad Usman, and then he gets on the mic, and and this is this is what is going to win people over. He didn't do it for that reason. He got caught up in his emotions. He told the story of, uh, of I believe it's his son. It passed away, 
and uh, and you know just trying to put everything together. I think he's early in his 30s. But Muhammad Usman, man, he seemed like a real good guy. He gets the win over Zach Poga. He got the contract. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, did did Dana give both? I'm trying to get confirmation. Did he, did he give? I can't remember if he, if he awarded two on this one or not. It may have been on the women's that he awarded contracts to both. But uh, anyway, good heavyweight fight. Usman is is gonna is gonna have his. His hands full in the heavyweight division, but he, he has the potential to uh, to wreck that division, do some good stuff. So congratulations to him. Fight number four, which was the women's flyweight Ultimate Fighter finale. Brogan Walker took on Juliana Miller. Uh, Brogan Walker come in talking all kinds of, of uh, smack. Juliana was firing back some of it as well. This was going to be a fun matchup, and it turned into one. Until Juliana uh, just kept taking Brogan down, kept just uh, just superior wrestling and grappling and a little bit of jujitsu, just kept Brogan from ever really, lack of a better term, back to her feet. Just kept her down, kept doing some big things, and then ultimately this thing gets stopped because of punches late in the third round. Your winner and finale winner, Juliana Miller, uh, and and she's. She's fantastic. On the mic, she she had some fun stuff to say. She seems like a, a really good, grounded woman, and uh, she's she's going to do some stuff in the flyweight division that's that's uh, going to su surprise some people. Uh, and then last in the, I guess it was six on the main card. All right, uh, Augusto Sakai took on Sergey Spivak. Spivak gets the win halfway through round number two by TKO. Uh, that was another heavyweight fight that was uh, just fantastic. And uh, Spivak once again silenced the haters and uh, the people that, that thought Sakai might take this one. And I was one of those people. So I stand corrected, Sergey. And then the last on the main event was Terrence McKinney, who got the submission win in round number two. Oh, round number one, actually. Over Eric Gonzalez, uh, McKinney dominated from the front. He got the he got the hold, and it was over. Um, other things about this card is it is it Michal Lesnachuk? He took on Sam Alvey, Sam smiling Sam Alvey, uh, who shaved a smiley face in the back of his head, and uh, yeah, he got smashed. Um, a good handful of times in his front smile to where his back smile was probably frowning. And I'm not trying to say that to be cute or anything, but um, that's like eight or nine losses now with a with a no contest in the middle, I believe. Uh, it's, it's time to, Sam, it's time to go. It's You had your whole family there, all like five or six kids you have, your wife, I think you're, your mom or mother-in-law or something. And it was it was great. They could see what what their dad does, but Sam is it's just going to get worse. So good win for Michelle uh, or Michael. I'm not, not really sure which one it is, but 
Uh, yeah, Sam, you gotta go, bud. Uh, Corey McKenna had a great submission over Miranda Granger in round number two of their fight. Uh, as Corey said, she's just famously going to have the shortest reach in the division, shortest reach in the UFC, and uh, she just gets in on you so quick that your reach advantage doesn't matter, and she uh, took out Miranda uh, pretty quick-like. And then to start the card, this is uh, one of the most bizarre endings I have ever seen. Myra Buena Silva and Stephanie Egger. Now what happens is uh, just over a minute into round number one, Buena Silva gets Egger in an arm bar. Kind of, or kind of an arm hold. I don't know because Egger was standing up, but she has her. And then out of nowhere, Buena Silva, as the ref is coming to, like, he gets real close trying to check about the arm bar. Uh, Buena Silva just stops, puts both hands up in the air, and says, she tapped. Referee looks at her, like, what? And uh, Stephanie Egger stands up out of the hold and says, uh, no, I didn't. Like, oh, great. So, referee stops the fight, puts them both in, in a corner in their corners, and says, uh, let me talk to the, the ringside judge. So, I mean, the ringside uh, referee, which I believe was Herb Dean. If not, Herb Dean was at ringside, and he aided in this a lot. So they talk about it. And the referee in, in the cage, I think it was Mergliata, maybe? I'm not sure. I don't remember anymore. Uh, but they both they both basically say, um, I didn't see the tap. I didn't hear the tap. Um, and I got one saying that there was a tap and one saying there's not. And so they come up with the idea. Let's ask the judges. So there's three judges at ringside. And one of them told the judge, yes, I 100% saw the tap. And so... Like I said, I think it was Dan Mergliata. Uh, so Dan signals that fight over. I don't know the official. I guess it was a submission win, because I mean it was. I mean, technically, um, Edgar was mad, stormed off, but uh, she should be mad at herself because if at least one person in the in an official down there saw it. And uh, it, it gets funnier to me, and this has nothing to do with, with you know, if I think something's funny going on. No, I, I 100%, if this particular person says something, I believe them, because their dad is very famous for making some great MMA decisions as well when crazy things happen in the cage. The judge at ringside who said he 100% saw the tap was Ron McCarthy the son of Big John McCarthy. Because Big John talked about it on his podcast this week, and I was sitting there listening to it when they said it. He goes, oh, yeah, Ron saw it. Ron's the one that saw it. I was like, well, then I believe him. He's not going to lie about that, because lying about it doesn't help anybody. So, uh, Buena Silva 
gets really emotional about it. She says she doesn't want to win that way, but you know, it is what it is. And congratulations to her. And uh, I'm glad it ended up working out. And honestly, they brought this up. A couple other people have brought this up this, this week as well. Uh, Stephanie Egger, the fact that uh, she lied about it. Um, I would consider whether she'd still be on the roster because you should always be straight up about things like that. And I understand why she, she tried to hide behind it, but you got to think at least somebody saw it. And in this case, somebody did see it. So that, uh, it worked out in Buena Silva's favor. Let's go to the PFL. The PFL had an event on Friday. And it was the first round of the playoffs. This one was in New York up at the Hulu Center, which is a fantastic venue. Uh, I'm just going to mainly go over the big, the main fights that, uh, that have to do with the uh, playoffs. Let's start. Uh, I, I will say uh, uh, Martin Hamlet had a good split decision win over Corey Hendricks. That was a fun fight. Uh, it didn't have anything to do with the standings or anything like that or the playoffs, but uh, it was a fun fight they signed and uh, good for Hamlet on that one. Um, let's start, let's start with Omari Akhmedov taking on Josh Silvera. They are ATT teammates, and ATT handled this fantastically. They said, yet yeah, they will, they will still train at the facility. They will be at, at farther, at each side of the facility. They uh, split the coaches. They had them split them up. You know, didn't just say, oh, you get these and you get these. No, they uh, were able to, to reasonably do it. But they are teammates, so they know what each other can do. And uh, I thought Silvera did really well. I felt like he could have used his wrestling a little more. But uh, Omari did everything he needed to do, and he got the unanimous decision win. Uh, they didn't rough each other up too much. They did throw some 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 shots at each other. It's it's okay to do that on your teammate, especially when you're competing for a, a shot at a million dollars. Good overall fight. Amari moves on. And who is Amari going to face? Well, Amari is going to face the winner of Robert Wilkinson and Delon Monty. Their fight went one minute and 37 seconds into round number one. Now, they... They traded a little bit to start with. Uh, Wilkinson, man, he he throws some quick and and uh, just in between punches that were finding homes really quickly. Uh, Delon was able to counter because the way Robert fights, uh, he leaves himself open to a couple counter shots here and there, and Delon was finding them. And then Robert uh, threw, I believe, it was a flying knee, and uh, Delon Monty. Uh, Looked like he was staring at a spaceship after that, and uh, punches finished that one. Robert Wilkinson with uh, the by far the most impressive performance of the night. So now it'll be Robert Wilkinson versus Amari Akhmedov, four million dollars uh, in a couple weeks. Do we know when that is? They have not announced that. But with let's see, this week is week two, next week is week three. 
my guess is probably somewhere in November, December. That would make a lot of sense. Uh, but good for those guys on the wins. Uh, didn't get a chance to talk to Amari when uh, when they were in Atlanta last. Did talk to Robert. Robert's super cool. Delon's actually really cool. Like I said, he's super intense, but he's, he's really cool. Uh, and then that brought us to the other two. The other two semifinals, where Olivier Albin Mercier took on Alexander Martinez. A lot of people thought that Alexander would try to push the pace and uh, get the early advantage. Like he did against, I believe, what, Clay Collard? I think he's the one that stunned him that week. I think so. And uh, instead, Olivier Alvin Mercier was able to use his grappling and his wrestling to pretty much keep this on the ground and keep Martinez from ever being a threat to him. He gets a unanimous decision win. OAM, fantastic fighter. And he will face the winner of the rematch, Anthony Pettis versus Stevie Ray. Now, let me say once again that over half, like it's like half the rest of the media, whether they used to be in fighting or whether they cover fighting or whatever, the, the MMA media, um, don't understand why the PFL booked this rematch that just happened. Uh, they, they didn't book it, by the way. This is based off the points and the way they finished and the way they finished. Pettis was the one seed. Stevie Ray was the four because of the way the other fight ended. They didn't just automatically go, oh, these two got to fight again. No, it's based off the points. It's not that hard. Remember in the last one, Stevie Ray was able to put the twister on Anthony Pettis and uh, pop a floating rib or, or something along those lines. But in the rematch, your winner by unanimous decision, because he controlled the whole fight, he was able to outmaneuver his opponent, outwrestle him, really contain him, Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray. Good on Stevie Ray. Scotland's finest. Stevie Ray. Super, super good guy. Um, so it'll be Aubin, or, yeah, Aubin Mercier versus Ray. The other thing to take away from this is apparently, at some point, Anthony Pettis says he broke bones in both hands during this fight, so that limited his striking. Maybe so. You know, maybe so. I'm not going to say it didn't happen because I wasn't the one in there in the fight. But either way, that's uh, last time I checked, Stevie Ray 2, Anthony Pettis 1. And the one of the, the second most highly touted and number one overall regular salary, Anthony Pettis, goes home after the first round defeat. I will be interested to see if, I think he signed a two-year deal, but if he did not, I would uh, I would be interested to see if he's back next year. He'll want to because he'll want to avenge this against Stevie Ray, and I'm sure they'll book that as one of the two or three fights they'll have. But I don't know. I don't quite know, but great for Stevie Ray, great for uh, Olivier Elwin-Mercier, Amari Arkmadov, and Robert Wilkinson. Uh, just... Fantastic, and they now have a chance for a million dollars. That's the fighting that happened last week. Let's preview stuff coming up this week. 
in the PFL. Let's or no, let's 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 start where it's going to start. Bellator 284. Uh, Damon Gracie versus Guadi uh, Yamaguchi or Yamuchi. It's Yamuchi. Wrote it down wrong. My apologies, Freudy. That is going to happen Friday night. Don't remember the time. Somebody know the time? Probably eight. To say no, nope, still don't know. All right, but anyway, Naaman Gracie versus uh, Goiti Yamuchi. This is going to be fun. Uh, here's the thing. Yamuchi is uh, is pretty good on his feet. He enjoys being on the mat a lot more and uh, almost invites you to take him down to the mat so that uh, he can actually kind of get going. Naaman Gracie. Well, the last name tells you one of the things he's really good at. He has pretty good stand-up, but his strength is also being on the ground. I think Yamuchi has a slight advantage. But that's not saying Gracie can't find a way to make you tap out. This one is going to be quite interesting. Now the crowd, the live crowd may not be much into it because it may be on the ground a lot. But right now I think Gracie is uh, the 52-48 uh, popular choice. But you see how close this one is. It, it could really go either way. I'm going to have to do my predictions on their app. Super cool little pick em thing they do. I will do that. Uh, later on, probably after the show. But as far as it goes right now, give me, give me the smaller Yamuchi. He's about two inches smaller. That means he's a little harder to get get your hands on him. I feel like Yamuchi is going to find a way. I don't know if he's going to tap Neiman out or not, but with a majority of his wins. By submission, I, I'm going to say Yamuchi is going to win maybe third round with a submission. Co-main event, Valentin Moldovsky is taking on Steve Mowry. Steve Mowry is undefeated. He has taken on um, a lot more people down the rankings than Moldovsky, who has taken on a lot of the top guys, or a lot of the upper guys. Uh, and I think that is going to be the slight advantage because you got Steve Mowry at 10 and 0 versus Moldovsky at 11 and 2. I just feel like Moldovsky has a slight advantage because of the level of competition he has had, and it's just slightly above what Mowry's is. I think you take Moldovsky uh, if you are so inclined. I'm going to say TKO in the second, but uh, Mowry's no slouch. We're going to get uh, Alimale McFarlane versus Bruna Ellen in the women's flyweight feature fight. McFarlane is the uh, popular choice right now at 82%. Uh, Bruna can go, though. Bruna is, is uh, not afraid to trade, not afraid to uh, have to wrestle a little bit if she needs to. Uh, I'm going to take Bruna in the, in the upset, actually. Um, if I had to take a absolute guess. Um, probably by decision. That's where a lot of hers is. I think she has one knockout. The rest of them submission. I mean, the rest of them decisions. 
and uh, she's lost three decisions. So, yeah, I, I think Bruna Ellen is going to make sure this goes the whole way, and I, I'm going to take Bruna Ellen. All right, next up on the main card, you got, got Saeed Salma versus Gokhan Sarakam. It's kind of weird to me. Sarah Kim is uh, he's slightly taller. He's slightly got a better record of 7-1 to 8-3. Uh, he's about 5 pounds heavier. This is the heavyweight division. These two are going to want to throw down. They're going to want to keep it on the feet a little bit um, with majority of uh, Gokhan's wins on the feet by uh, punches and things like that. I, I could see him wanting to do that, and same thing for Salma, where five of his eight wins are by TKO or KO. These two are going to just stand and deliver. They're going to trade back and forth like, uh, you know, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. It's it's going to be great. Sarah Cam is, is really good, but I am going to take Saeed Salma. Uh, I think he's going to catch Gokhan probably in the third round. TKO. And then last, the Golden Boy. We finally get to see him fight again. I, this one snuck up on me. Up until about a week ago, I did not know this fight was booked. And it may not have been booked until a week ago. Aaron Jeffrey and his 12-3 and record. His 12-3 and middleweight record. is going to take on, I call him the Golden Boy, Austin Vanderford at 11-1. He's coming off his first loss of his career where... Uh, he just got hammered by by the uh, the standing champ. It happens. So now this is his way to bounce back up. I got to go with the Golden Boy. It is not the personal Aaron Jeffrey because he is he is uh, he is uh, crazy and he is not afraid to throw. But neither is Austin. And Austin's going to be a little a little more careful now to not get caught in the places that he did when fighting the champ. So I think he's going to rebound from this. He's going to have a great win and try to get himself right back. Uh, into title contention. Uh, Vanderford is the 81% favorite, and I'm going to say Austin Vanderford probably, he's going to showcase his wrestling. He's going to want to really do that. Um, I think he's going he's gonna to find a way to get a knockout. He's, he's going to get a TKO. So uh, definitely take him in that. rest of the this is all on Showtime. Like I said, my guess is around 8 or so. Uh, just check around and uh, figure that out. Now, the PFL is going to have their second week of playoffs. This is going to be on Saturday. I think it starts at 12. I think it starts at noon. And it's like noon to 4. And then the UFC is going to be like 4 or 4.30 to like 9. It's, uh, if you have ESPN, ESPN Plus, you are going to wear it out on Saturday. So, uh, like I said, some of it is on TV, but the majority of it's ESPN Plus. Um, let's see. Some of the big fights, and my goodness, they have 13 fights on here. All right, some of the non mains, because technically I'm having four main events. Uh, Mark Tarb uh, Binkasi 
is going to take on Francesco Nuzzi. That's going to be a fun fight. Uh, I look for Francesco to try to be aggressive early to take Mokhtar uh, off his game. But uh, if these two continue to, to uh, throw bombs, then I think Mokhtar might have the advantage. Other fight I want to tell you about is Will Fleury is going to take on Anthony Salamone. Salamone is undefeated, and uh, I think he's going to stay that way. He's gonna, I think he's going to get a decision against Will Fleury. They're going to try to take each other out, and I think in the long run it's going to end up a decision. Now let's get to the, the four main events, so to say, where we are going to get uh, Sadabu C taking on Carlos Leal. I like Sadabu in that one. Uh, Leal is, is going to try to do some good stuff, but Sadabu in, in the things he did with Rory McDonald and was able to just kind of outclass him for the entire three rounds. I feel like it's going to go to decision. Sadabu is going to show his uh, takedown ability, his, his work on the ground, and uh, if Carlos wants to stand and, and throw, then he'll do that as well. And then in the other side of that, Rory McDonald is going to take on Magomed Umalatov. Rory McDonald is is in Anthony Pettis territory where he's a really good fighter. I have to say he's better than Pettis, but not by much. He's a good veteran. He His game has evolved a lot. But I saw him fight, and I've seen Magomed Umalatov fight. And Umalatov, he's, he's going to come real close. He, I mean, he's going to still get in close, and uh, his punches and kicks hurt as much as anybody's. I think Magomed Umalatov is probably going to get a TKO in the second or third round. I'm taking Umalatov. In the in the uh, upset there, so the final I guess I'd be looking at is Sadabu C and Magomedu Molotov, and wow, what a final that would be! In the other two main fights, we have uh, Dennis Goldsaw versus Matthias Scheifel. Scheifel is stepping in uh, for the top seed who was injured. Which is crazy because the whole reason Scheifele is, is the, was the fifth place finisher and able to step in is because of his performance against him. So uh, good that he can step in that way. I think Goldsov is still probably going to win this one. It's probably going to go to a three-round decision. But uh, give me Goldsov in the decision. But Scheifele is, is a really, really good fighter. I think they're going to punch a lot. Uh, is the heavyweight division? I have that backwards. Yes. Yeah, because the other ones are the welterweights. All right. And then in the last one, Anti uh, Delea is taking on Renan Ferreira. Got to talk to both these guys when they were in Atlanta. As I always say, super chill guys, super good guys. Um, who is favored in that one? That's pretty interesting. I actually think that Delea is going to bring a, pack a little more punch, and he's going to be able to dominate with Ferreira. Not really dominate, but I think he's going to have the better advantage. I think that goes to a decision as well. But uh, give me Goldsov versus Delea. Give me Umalatov versus Sadabusi. That is uh, that is the finals that I pick, and I'll be the best final to some people, but that's the one I pick. 
and uh, check the PFL out. PFLMMA.com. So let's get into a little bit of controversy first. Not really controversy, but let's get a little bit into it. Um, the Contender Series was last night, and Bo Nickel fought, and Bo Nickel won his second professional fight on the Contender Series. And of all the other people that got contracts last night, Bo Nickel did not get one. Before we get into all these, here's why Dana didn't do it. As he said, Bo Nickel is what two and oh, three and oh total. Let's uh, let's give him one more contender fight, and if he still looks amazing, then we'll go from there. He's not doing this to capitalize on a fan base. He's not doing this to punish him or all these other random theories that you guys have come up with. And it's great you guys come up with them, but it's not true. He is saying Bo Nickel is green as grass. So was his opponent. I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna find somebody that's maybe a little better than him. And I want to see where he's at because you don't just willy nilly just because somebody can make you a lot of money. This is not the WWE. Uh, you don't hire people based on marketability. Always. You try to hire people that could fight, and then you worry about marketing later. So. Bo Nickel will get another fight. If he does well, I think Dana will say, all right, let's let's do this. But uh, I saw part of the Contender Series, saw the press conference after. I thought it was pretty good. After a couple weeks ago when Dana had to get over people, get on people about it, uh, I think they very much have fixed it. They have, uh, they, they've been way more aggressive. But UFC Fight Night, as I said, I believe it kicks off around 4, 4.30, something like that. ESPN and ESPN Plus. I think the undercard is mostly ESPN Plus. Uh, looks like a majority of it is actually going to be on ESPN. Let's start with the main event. Marlon Chito Vera versus Dominic Cruz. Chito versus Dom. What's fascinating is that Marlon... Um, Cheeto Vera is only like 28, 29. Yeah, I think he's 27. It was crazy. It feels like he's been fighting forever. He's got, what does he say, 27 fights? Jesus. And he's the favorite. Uh, Dominic Cruz, he's going to bring it. We know he's going to bring it. Cheeto, though, has handed losses to people. Uh, didn't, it's, is Cheeto the one that beat Sean O'Malley? Sugar Sean? I think it was. You call it Tatum Tide or whatever. It looked like he, he just he out wrestled him and got him in a, a like a heel hook and uh, in his ankle popped. You know, it's something like that. Uh, I'm taking Cheeto Vera. I think Cheeto Vera is going to beat Dominic Cruz. He's going to show everybody that he should be a top contender as he is considered. And uh, Dominic Cruz is still going to look respectable, but I think Cheeto is going to find a finish in the second round. It might be a submission. That's just a blind guess. But that's what I'll go with. Um, in the next fight, Nate Landor is going to face David Onama in the featherweight division. I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about these two. I know a little bit of their names, um, so I will blind squirrel guess this one and say Onama wins by decision. Blind guess, without knowing hardly anything about them. Um, Yasmin... Jorigui? Let's go with Yasmin. 
is taking on Jasmine Lucinda. I know a little bit about these girls. It's a women's straw weight. I am going to say Lucindo is going to bring some hammers to this uh, to this job site. And uh, Jasmine is going to TKO Yasmin. I'm going to go with that. And it's going to stop Yasmin's streak. She is 8-0. Uh, take Lucindo. 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 Can't talk today. Try. Uh, Devin Clark is going to take on Azamat Morzakadov. I'm going to take Azamat in that one. He is a slight favorite at minus 155. I know we don't get into a lot of betting odds. We will talk about our friends here in a minute where you can do such things. Um, but I think at minus 155, there's still some good money in picking Azamat there in the light heavyweight division. Uh, Devin Clark is really good. They're going to stand and, and throw for a little while. And I think Azamat's going to try to take this to the ground. I think he may get a finish there. If not, at least a decision. Um, I think there's two more on the main card. So, uh, in the women's bantamweight division, we're going to get Ariane Lipsky and Priscilla Cochera. This one's going to be a fun one. It's, uh, they're going to they're going to scrap for a little while. You're you're going to see uh, some good uh, wrestling and grappling, and I think in the end, uh, Priscilla Cochera. Is going to find a way to, it's a slight upset. She's only a plus 160. That's not bad. But I feel like she is going to end up with the advantage. And uh, she will probably win by decision. And then in the men's middleweight, you get Bruno Silva versus Gerald Richard. Bruno Silva is a big minus 310 favorite. See, I don't like things like like minus 310. That's that's a big number. It's uh, It's true. But uh, Gerald Mishart has a chance to win this one for sure. But I would say uh, go with Bruno Silva in that one. He is probably, I don't think he's going to finish Gerald. Gerald's pretty, pretty tough. Um, it's not just about being tough. I don't think he's going to get caught. Uh, I would take Bruno in a decision. Um, some other fun fights on there. Angela Hill versus Lupe uh, Godinez. Godinez. Uh, Cynthia Cavallo and Nina Nunez. That is Amanda Nunez's wife. I would actually uh, favor her in that, even though Cavallo is really good. But uh, seeing how focused Amanda was, well, Nina trains with her. So if one had a good camp, I'd be willing to bet the other one did. Um, and then uh, towards the very beginning of the card, Jason Witt versus Josh Quinlan should be uh, spectacular. But now, let's take a small break. Let's hear from our friends at betonline.net, where not only can you go and wager on things like the UFC, when if you are in a place that you're allowed to do so. Either way, they've got stories, they've got podcasts, they've got all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, golf betting, UFC, they they got all kinds of stuff. Betonline.net, go check them out. And uh, let's hear a little bit more about them right now. This is Jeremy the Impact York from Board Check, That Sports Show, and Strong Style. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. 
BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we are back. Make sure to check out our friends at BetOnline.net for all your betting and wagering. And gosh, they, they do a lot of the work for you, you know. Fantasy football's coming up, or football's coming up. Fantasy football will be coming up. Definitely check out a lot of their articles. They do a lot of the research for you. They'll tell you who the better people are. But uh, we definitely appreciate our friends at BetOnline.net. And no, I don't get paid by the number of times I say that. I just like saying it. Let's talk a little bit about, let's start with AEW. AEW. We've had a, uh, let's go to Dynamite. Uh, We had... We're just going to talk about the moments, that uh, the bigger moments. Yeah, it was nice. Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal. That was a, a, a fun match to start off Dynamite. Um, it doesn't really factor anything right now, but it was a cool match. I'll give them that. It, uh, I'll give them the proverbial Orange Cassidy thumb up. Uh, it was interesting to me that Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish actually turned on the Young Bucks and attacked them and Hangman come out to defend them. So it looks like we see that Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish will be one trio. Everybody's getting on trio sides. I don't know if you guys realize that. There's about to be a tournament. There's about to be a giant trios division that is going to be insane. They could probably do two hours of just trios matches, and you won't leave your couch. Uh, the big thing there, too, is it looks like the Young Bucks and Hangman, Adam Page, could potentially team up. I would have thought the Young Bucks would would team up with Omega, Kenny Omega, but hey, maybe he's not close enough to return yet. There's always that possibility. Um, Anytime you get Jamie Hayter, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and uh, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm in a match, it is going to be fantastic. And this one is, was absolutely fantastic. Um, I think Hayter and no, no, I think Thunderstorm ended up winning that one. I think Tony Storm had the pin. But uh, all four of these ladies are some of the best. And it's fantastic that they're all kind of linked together right now in AEW. Um, uh, the Gun Club went against... The acclaimed in a dumpster match. The last time I saw a dumpster match, it included the Gun Club's father, Billy Gunn, as him. Him and the Road Dog took on. Gosh, I don't even remember who they took on now. But, uh, it was DX versus the. I don't remember, but it was New Age Outlaws, neither way. Uh, obviously, the Acclaim win this one, as they should. They are starting to finally put give them a little bit of a push. 
Uh, I think the Gun Club are good people to match up with to help the Acclaim look really good. And uh, somewhere down the line, I would like to see the Acclaim get pushed as a uh, pretty good tag team. We'll get into Mance Warner here in a second when we get to the uh, Rampage portion of our AEW coverage. And then we had Yuta versus Jericho, where Jericho's chance to take on Moxley was on the line. A lot of people said, well, this is just a way for this is just a way for Jericho to uh, get to kind of double cross Yuta. And no, that's not what happened. They really like Yuta. You can tell. Wheeler Yuta, they really like him. He not only has one of the belts, he gets uh, a really good high booking a lot. Getting to face Jericho on national television is a fantastic thing. But in no way does he need to face John Moxley right now because they're not only teammates, they both have belts. It becomes complicated if you do that. So you do something different, and Jericho wins. So Jericho, I believe next week, will face Moxley. And where is Rampage on my notes? On my notes. There we go. So, on Rampage, we got Moxley versus Mance Warner. Here, oh my goodness, did you guys get upset? I heard a lot. And it's understandable, and I have no problems when you guys get, get, get uh, uh, emotional and passionate about it. I think it's fantastic. Because, hey, I do too. What is a Mance Warner, and why did he get a shot against Moxley? All right. It's real simple. Remember last weekend, Ric Flair had a, a giant card where he was part of a tag team match where it was his last match. It was him and Andrade versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Fantastic match. Great to see Rick can still do it. Uh, I'm kind of glad he doesn't anymore. Not because he can't. It's just, it's you got to stop at some point. So, on that card was a Bunkhouse Battle Royal. A Bunkhouse Battle Royal. It usually means a Weapons Battle Royal. And one of the top um, indie contenders won it in Mance Warner. Well, when you won this match, you got the opportunity to face John Moxley for the AEW interim title. That's all it was. This was a agreement between two organizations in AEW and whoever else was helping host and put on. Because AEW helped put on that Ric Flair thing. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, it was a joint venture type thing because it had a lot of AEW talent on the card. And so this was part of, of the agreement. That they said, hey, we, you know, we'll help host this and we'll help do all this stuff. It could be our venue and all that, but we would like uh, it, it maybe at least one of our top guys on AEW one week or just featured. AEW said no problem, no problem at all. In fact, you know what? We'll we'll do it and put him against Moxley. In no way did I think Mance was ever going to win, and Mance didn't. Like I said, this is the same as uh, James Ellsworth. This is the same as Zach Gowan. If you don't know who people are, look them up. Uh, except for Mance Warner, it's actually pretty good. I, I very him and Moxley tore the ring up, tore themselves up. This was a, a really good match. Obviously, Moxley's going to win, which he did. But Mance Warner looked pretty good. If you saw him again down the road, it would not surprise me at all. But he can go back to 
his uh, his organization now, knowing that he got a national television match with John Moxley for a belt, even though he came up a little short, he looked good, and that's going to impress people. Like I said, it would not surprise me if I saw him in Ring of Honor uh, or AEW or Impact Wrestling. That might be a good fit for him. Um, even New Japan, who knows? But that's what a Mance Warner is. He looked good. He looked respectable. He was never going to meet Moxley. Um, Moxley will now take on Jericho. At some point, Moxley and CM Punk will have to face. Probably sooner rather than later. I think Punk's getting closer to coming back. And then we will look at other contenders that are available at that point. Because I could list off half a dozen right now. Uh, Kosuke, or is it Kanosuke? Kanosuke Takashita uh, took on Ryan Nemeth. This is a good match. Takashita is very, very good. That He's got a giant future ahead of him if he stays uh, on the path he is on. I think AEW is going to try to keep him on said path. Uh, the other big thing, Well, you had Swerve and Lee who defended their tag belts against Josh the Goods Woods, who a lot of you guys don't know. I watched him a lot in Ring of Honor. He's also a very, very good uh, mixed martial artist. Kind of a, a mini Jake Hager. By many, not by much. They're, they're pretty close to the same size. But uh, he teamed up with with uh, Tony Nese. Of course, they come up on the losing end of it. But, hey, they brought it to Keith Lee and Swerve. Strickland. So that was a good match. Uh, the thing I, I that I really want to highlight is the debut of Madison Rain, who has been on the indie scene. She's actually from the Atlanta area. She now lives in uh, Ohio, I think, is where her and her husband live. He is in the business. But uh, Madison Rain, she took on Layla Gray. And uh, she had a great debut, but the thing I wanted to highlight the most was the ovation. She even said it as well, that she was not prepared for it. She came through the curtain, or through the tunnel there, and you guys, the fans, went so crazy and gave her such a great welcoming that uh, that she, she knew it was the right decision. And uh, she's going to be fun. You, <laughs> This is already loaded division, and you add Madison Rain in there, and wow. Holy cow. Now, they also had Battle of the Belts. we got to get into that. Battle of the Belts. They had Wardlow face Jay Lethal. Wardlow retained his belt. That was a pretty decent match, but it, we knew he was going to keep it going. Jamie Hayter took on Thunder Rosa, and even though I knew Jamie Hayter was going to lose, you guys know that I am not a hater-hater. I am a uh, liker of Hater, I guess. I don't want to get too weird with that. But a uh, big fan of Jamie Hater and the way she wrestles. Big fan of Thunder Rosa, too. This was a fun match. Uh, and anytime these two uh, want to square up, it's, it's a must watch. Thunder Rosa, of course, keeps her belt. And uh, Takashita was able to take on Claudio Castanoli for the Ring of Honor Championship. Holy crap, was this amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, like I said, big fan of Takashita. 
And uh, Claudio Castanoli is one of my favorites for a long time. It's so cool to have him back in, in Ring of Honor, even though he's kind of both. Uh, and that he's that he's a, a heavyweight champ, that he's a main champion, as he should have been so many years ago. Uh, Battle of the Belt style, thought it was great. Three really good matches, three interesting matches. It wasn't the same type of stuff you normally see, so uh, I think it worked out pretty well. Uh, let's go Impact Wrestling. We'll finish. We'll get through everything. We'll get back to WWE because there's only a couple things I want to say there too. Impact Wrestling. Diana uh, Perrazzo over Rosemary. That was a little surprising, but uh, not not. The only reason it was a little surprising is that uh, they're trying to push this this tag team matchup, and Rosemary is is part of the tag team champions. That was a little interesting. Um, Masha Slamovich completely just crushed Giselle Shaw. It'll be interesting to see who Masha gets next. See who's next on her hit list. Um, Sammy Callahan won over Raj Singh, but the bigger thing was that Moose and Macklin seem to have teamed up to take on Callahan. That's going to be fun. Sammy's going to bring somebody in to help him. I don't know who. I don't know if he's going to, inside the company, outside the company, but uh, anything involving those three guys and whoever else they add to it is going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great, great heavyweight title picture. Um, that's pretty much all I else going on there. New Japan. We got to see Jeff Cobb versus Bad Luck Fale. Jeff Cobb ends up with a win on that one. When he did the tour of the islands to Bad Luck Fale, that is impressive because Fale is probably one and a half times the size of Jeff Cobb, who is not a small man either. Uh, I think this is part of their, their G1 Climax tournament that's going on right now. Just started. Well, just started TV-wise. I think they just wrapped up the coverage. I think Kevin Kelly said it just wrapped up all the matches uh, just the other day. And then we got to see Tanahashi versus Naito, one of the most classic matchups. This is this is uh, Sean versus Brett. This is uh, the Rock Stone Cold. This is you know take your favorite two. This is Sting versus Flair. Any of that. Uh, Tanahashi gets the best of Naito in this one, and Naito actually was very, it did a handshake and everything. Normally, it just kind of gives you a uh, don't-care look and, and kind of wanders out. Uh, him and Tanahashi, they have such a history that, that there's nothing but respect, and uh, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, does that bring us to... That does bring us to, let's start with SmackDown. We got to see Ricochet versus Corbin. Ricochet, of course, wins in that one. This all spawned off of uh, Pat McAfee and Corbin getting into it again. But uh, I want to see what they do with Ricochet because, I mean, he's, he's just kind of there. He's really good. But uh, I could definitely see him eventually leaving and going back to the indie scene. But if he's smart, he'd stay with WWE. We got to see another Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, Shinsuke won this one as well. I don't know what that's going to spell for Ludwig as far as what Gunther may do to him, but uh, it's good to see these three. They're all really good talents. At some point, we're going to see Gunther versus Shinsuke, and either one of them could be potential world title picture guys uh, somewhere down the road. 
because there's somebody that showed up that uh, is not only going to be a new heavyweight contender, I think he's a guy who could beat Roman. Somebody's going to eventually. Uh, Shayna Baszler won a number one contendership spot. She will take on Liv Morgan at some point down the road, probably at Clash at the Castle, which is coming up, where you're going to see McIntyre and Roman Reigns in the feature bout. Um, and that's the other thing, is that at the end, Roman and the Bloodline come out, and they're interrupted by Drew McIntyre, who is then interrupted by the returning Karrion Cross and Scarlet. And they took out, he took out Drew like Drew was nobody. He ran through him. And then with Roman holding his holding his belt as he usually does, Cross looked at him and gave him the he said TikTok as Scarlet put the uh, what is that? Hourglass? Yeah, put the hourglass and flipped it over. Like your time's coming. Carrion Cross versus Roman is the breath of fresh air we are waiting on. It's going to be Great. Let's go to Raw. Becky Lynch is injured. She's got a bum shoulder. Um, I think it. she's going to probably require surgery or something. She's going to be out a little while. Um, in order to help sell that, even though they didn't need to, they had Bailey EO Sky, as she is now called, and Dakota Kai come out. And uh, they attacked her later on as well. Um, that's going to be a fun trio. I can't wait to see what Bailey and Dakota and EO do because um, Bailey is a great leader and great wrestler. EO Sky does some of the most innovative aerial moves I've ever seen, guy or girl. And Dakota Kai, I'm a definite fan of, and uh, she has another unique. The way she wrestles is unlike anybody else, and I think it's just going to be absolutely positive for her. And then they threw in Bianca for good measure because she's a champ. Um, AJ Styles beat Mustafa Ali and The Miz. And what was the other match? Uh, Champa actually beat Dolph Ziggler and uh, Chad. Forgot his name, Alpha Academy guy. That uh, he actually did pretty well in this, but that meant that AJ and Champa met later on for a chance to. Uh, to face Bobby Lashley, I believe, for the U.S. title, and Champa actually wins this. Champa versus AJ. I, I like it. Champa's getting a little bit of a push here. He's he's doing some good stuff. Aligning with the Miz is going to help until the Miz finds a way to. Uh, double cross you, but until then, Champa, enjoy your run. Plus, if you want to make Bobby Lashley a heavyweight contender, you have to take the belt off of him. So putting it on Champa, definitely not a bad thing. And I'm not saying they're going to do that, but if he was going to lose to somebody, if the Miz cheated to help him do that, because then the Miz could uh, go against Champa, you still got Dolph, you've still got AJ, you've got all kinds of people that uh, could really make the U.S. title picture just deeper and deeper. That's fantastic. 
Um, Alexa Bliss took on Ashka. It was uh, beginning to be a pretty good mix until Bailey, Io, and Dakota come out, and uh, then then uh, Bianca kind of even the odds there. At some point, we're gonna get three versus three. That's gonna be fun. Um, Edge made his return, and looks like Judgment Day and Edge are gonna are gonna start kind of feuding again. Now that Edge is not injured, now that Rhea is back. Have you guys noticed that Judgment Day? It's just like I said. Rhea come back, and it's like they got the fuel in the engine. Now they're now they're ready to go. The Judgment Day is back to being a big-time uh, faction to have to deal with. Lastly, let's get into NXT. They had a fatal four-way for the vacant tag team uh, women's titles. And thank goodness, I knew Valentina Faraz and Ulyssa Leon, and I knew Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile were not going to win. They had it down to Casey Squared, as I call them, Katana Chance, and Caden Carter versus Gigi Dolan and JC Jane of Toxic Attraction. I thought for sure they were going to give it back to Toxic Attraction. And thank goodness, thank goodness, maybe this is because Triple H is back and he's over creative a little bit. Finally deserving the most established tag team you have in, outside of the Usos, in your entire company. KC Squared end up your new women's NXT Tag Team Champions. Congratulations, girls. Fantastic. Finally, they get the opportunity to showcase them being the best tag team. Ever since they put them together, they've been the best tag team. Um... The J.D. McDonough, Braun Breaker stuff is going to be fun. They did a contract signing, and when it comes to McDonough's time to sign it, he actually took the pen, poked his own finger, and signed it in his own blood. Now, you thought that was weird? Oh, it got a little weirder. It got a little weirder because then he extended his hand to, to, to try to get Braun to shake his hand. The only weird part about this to me, or the only odd thing about this to me, is you're pushing McDonough, who, is, who can be similar to this guy, you're pushing him similar to Gacy. Gacy does his own weird, creepy thing. Uh, McDonough is kind of more serial killer-like. I don't know if he's going to kill people. Let's just put that out there. But he's more serial in the way he does things. But when you have two alike characters, that usually means something's going to happen to one of them. And unless JD is just here for a one-off before he goes back to the UK, if he's here to stay, then uh, Gacy should potentially try to uh, just keep doing his thing and, and maybe he's getting a call-up or something. I don't know. Mandy versus Saray was pretty good. Uh, Saray's a good talent. Um, when given the proper vehicle, she she can really drive. We'll put it that way. Uh, Mandy, of course, ends up winning this one. Uh, good match. Right now, Mandy's on a on a good level. 
at some point she's going to lose that belt as well. Uh, I think it'll be, let's say, two contenders from now. I don't know who they'll give it to, though. they they got to build up some people. Uh, Axiom beat Duke Hudson. Axiom, I, I can't find anything on this guy. Normally, you can look up and see who he is. See, I can't find anything. If you guys find something, let me know. I kind of want to know a little about him. Uh, he seems to be pretty cool. He talks pretty good. And uh, they seem to like him. Uh, and then in the main event, was the main event? It was not the main event. Where the Creed Brothers defended their tag titles against Tony D and Stax. And the Creed Brothers end up winning with the help of Santos Escobar. The returning Santos Escobar, who grabbed his two minions and said, We don't work for anybody, we work for us. So they're going to. Slide them on off there as well. Look, I, I would look for Tony D and Stacks to add a third guy, and then we get another another three-on-three uh, -three thing going on there. But good for the Creed brothers. They're having a good run with the tag titles. And uh, at some point, I feel like they're going to get called up. But they're not ready yet. They need to work on some things. But they're fun to watch. Uh, Joe Gacy took on Brooks Jensen, who I – I knew he looked familiar. I looked him up. I know him from the local indie scene in this area. And by, when I say in this area, probably I saw him half a dozen times at venues within 20 minutes of where I sit right now, out in the West Georgia area. In case you guys want to look it up, he does have a famous father who was in the WWE for a while. And uh, he is a super good kid. I know that. Uh, but he loses to Joe Gacy with the help of uh, Pretty Deadly, who come down there. Uh, looks like Brooks and Jensen and – or he's Brooks Jensen. Jensen and Briggs and Pretty Deadly aren't quite done yet, which is crazy because Jensen and Briggs have beaten them, beat the brakes off of them half a dozen times. I don't know where this Von Wagner solo Sokoa falls count anywhere. Stuff kind of started out of nowhere, but uh, in the end, solo Sokoa gets the upper hand. And uh, I want to see him make a, a title push, whether it's the North American title. He's right there at it, and then they just pulled him out of it. I don't think – I don't want him and Braun to be at it yet. Um, maybe once Braun loses to somebody, then maybe you have him sneak in. But up until then, hey – one of the best things going right now for them is NXT. But that's going to do it for this week. So many things I had to get to. A little over an hour. Hopefully I didn't uh, – hopefully I caught you guys just in your in your car trips or however you listen to us. We definitely appreciate BetOnline.net. As I said, we've got Bellator Friday night. I think kicking off right around noon is PFL. Look, look in your local, local time zones for that because I'm talking about Eastern Standard Time here. And then somewhere about mid-afternoon, about 4-ish, is when the UFC kicks off. We will be covering as much of that as we can. Follow along with us on Twitter. At the Impact 99 will be how I uh, live-tweet all the events there. But until then, I'm Jeremy the Impact York, and this has been Strong Style. We'll see you guys next week. Go watch fighting. Go watch wrestling. Deuces, gooses.